So last week we began this series called Uncomfortable. And we talked about, you know, the awkward and essential challenges of Christian community. You know, and in, in all of our lives, there's certain situations that make us uncomfortable. There's certain things that we have to deal with each and every day that call us to be uncomfortable. Or just certain things that may occur in our life that may make us a little uncomfortable. And we've been uncomfortable in our life since we've been little growing up. Something always makes us uncomfortable. And last week we talked about the church. We talked about that perfect church, how we were looking for the perfect church, but how the church should also make us feel a little uncomfortable. And when you really think about that, um, rather than attempting to find our dream church, you know, because our dream church isn't going to exist, even last week I kind of gave some descriptions of what my dream church would be like. And it's funny, during the week I had some people say, you know, I really like the bonfire idea. Um, I really like this idea. Well, I really didn't care for this. But like I said, we all have differences in opinions on what our dream church would actually look like. And the fact is that probably the church that you're sitting in today does not check all the boxes of your dream church. But that's okay. We can all be uncomfortable and realize that a dream church really doesn't exist. The only time we're going to see anything that's uncomfortable and we're not going to be uncomfortable is the day that we meet Jesus face to face. Then we can live in all of that peace and that comfort that he's going to provide for us. And when you think about the church, if, if the church, if, if it causes you to look deep inside yourself, and as you're looking deep inside yourself, if you see a sinful nature inside of you, it should make you feel uncomfortable. And that's what the church is called to do and what God's word is called to do, for us to look into ourselves and become more like Christ in everything that we do. At the same time, you know, you may look inside and if the church challenges you to go and tell your family, your friends, or your loved ones, or even your neighbors about Jesus and what he's done in your life, it may make you a little uncomfortable because you're actually talking to someone about Christ. For some people, it's very easy, but for others, it's a very uncomfortable situation. You know, and, and last week we talked about how the church is not about our own personal preferences. It's about knowing Jesus because that's what the church is about, is about knowing Jesus. And that church is supposed to be a little uncomfortable so that we need to embrace it in life. Everywhere we go in life, something's going to be uncomfortable. And at some point, we just need to embrace it and move on. So today I want to talk to about something that should actually make us feel very, very uncomfortable. The problem is, as Christians, it doesn't make us uncomfortable anymore. We're not uncomfortable with the cross. And today we're going to talk about the cross. And understand, our Christian faith is centered around the cross. It's centered at the foot of the cross. And it's a difficult thing to actually talk about because when you really look at what the cross symbolizes, which we'll get into today, it should be an uncomfortable situation for each and every one of us to talk about. And this message is going to focus on that uncomfortableness of the sacrifice that's at the center of our Christian faith, but also on our Savior Jesus, who gives us a perfect example of what to do with that cross. So if you have your Bibles with you, we're going to be in Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. So I encourage you to open your Bibles up if you have one. If not, there is one in the back of the pew in front of you. Um, and the verses will also be up here on the screen if you're watching online. The 
uh, verse will be on the bottom of the screen there also. So let's dig in. Mark chapter 8, verses 34 through 38. And it says, When he had called the people to himself with his disciples also, he said to them, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. For whoever desires to save his life will lose it, but whoever loses his life for my sake and the gospels will save it. For what will it profit a man if he gains the whole world and loses his own soul? Or what will a man give in exchange for his soul? For whoever is ashamed of me and my words in this adulterous and sinful generation of him, the Son of Man also will be ashamed when he comes in the glory of his Father with the holy angels. Amen. Heavenly Father, as we dig into your word today, Lord, I just ask that you open up our hearts so that we may receive what it is you have us to receive. Lord, may anything that is stopping us from hearing you, may you remove it from our lives. And Lord, may you be glorified through it all. And we make this prayer in Jesus' name. Amen. So the first thing we see is Jesus tells his followers, his disciples in the crowd that have gathered around him, to hear him speak, he tells all of them to take up their cross. Take up their cross. Now, see, unfortunately for most of American Christianity, we've actually tamed the cross. We have tamed what the cross is. You know, we have taken the cross and we put it on coffee mugs. We put it on throw pillows. Every place you look at, you see a cross. You know, we, people collect crosses. We wear them around our necks. Some men, some women wear them as earrings. We have a cross in the church. We have a cross on the sign. We even have a cross in the logo for the church. We have all of that. And I think it's, we have made the cross amazingly comfortable. And it's a very uncomfortable thing. And we've got to understand that our Savior was hung on a cross. He died on that cross. And we have made it into something we just were comfortable with. I got this cross around my neck. People know I'm a Christian because I got this cross. We have turned something that shouldn't be comfortable, that should be very uncomfortable to even talk about, something of comfort in our lives today. And it's interesting that John Stott actually says, the gospel of the cross will never be a popular message because it humbles the pride of our intellect and character. And see, we need to understand that in the Bible, we're called to carry our cross. We're called to carry our cross, and that should make us feel very uncomfortable. We should be very uncomfortable when we're told to carry our cross, which actually takes me to the very first point. At the center of the Christian faith is the cross, an execution device. Think about that. The center of our faith is the cross, and it was an execution device. Now, unfortunately, I think we've lost the barbarity and, and the terror that comes with this cross. But understand, the first century listeners, the people who Jesus would have been talking about would have understood exactly what he was talking about when he said, pick up your cross and follow me. You know, and it would have been horrifying for them to listen to really what Jesus was saying to them. You know, in a sense, the only way we could translate this in today's word, if you want to follow me, pick up your electric chair, you know, because it's an execution device. Pick up your lethal injection. 
it doesn't hold the same relevance as picking up your cross. Pick up your cross. It's so undescribable, and we really can't understand what it really was like. You know, we've probably all seen Passion of the Christ, and we've seen when Jesus was nailed to the cross, and we probably have that image in our mind. But think about modern-day Israel and modern-day Palestine when Jesus said, pick up your cross and follow me. They knew, they've seen people crucified. They've seen people have to pick up and carry their cross. They would understand it way more than we understand it today because unfortunately we have taken this very uncomfortable thing and made it comfortable in our lives. You know, and it's so difficult to grasp because ultimately we have nothing in today's society that we can compare to the actual crucifixion, to what Jesus went through on the cross. And crucifixion is, it was basically designed to be the ultimate insult to someone's integrity. It was basically the end of a humiliating and dehumanizing treatment to a person. We don't see that today. So I think we've really lost what the cross means and what the cross stands for. And I think if we're not being real careful on it, we actually lose sight of what really happened on the cross. We, we lose that Jesus Christ died on that cross for us. And we forget that it's a cruel form of execution and that our Savior died on that cross for us because we take the uncomfortableness out of it. And remember, Jesus even said, Whoever desires to come after me, let him deny himself and take up his cross and follow me. What I really like about this is that invitation part. Mark is telling us that anyone who desires to come to Jesus can come to him. Anyone who desires to pursue Jesus can pursue him because he said whoever. Whoever, it's not just a select few people. It's not just us four and no more. It's whoever wants to make that commitment and follow Jesus can make that commitment. It doesn't matter. You could be the, think you're the most sinful person in the world. Jesus will still accept you where you are. Think of the apostle Paul. He was out there persecuting Christians and Jesus got a hold of him and changed his life. Radically changed his life. And if he can do that to the apostle Paul, the worst sinner of all sinners, he can do that for any one of us. It's available to whoever. And remember, that's the first. It's that commitment to, I want to follow you. Whoever wants to follow me. So it is open to whoever wants to do it. But I think the next phrase is that elephant in the room. It's that elephant in the room that you don't want to talk about. Let him deny himself. Whoever wants to follow me, Let him deny himself. When is the last time you denied yourself of something besides ice cream? Think about it. When is the last time you actually denied yourself something? And Mark is telling us that that commitment to Christ and selfishness cannot exist in the same place. We can either be committed to Christ and committed to do what he calls us to do, or we can be selfish with our own time, our talents, our finances, and the list could go on and on. The list could go on and on of things that we could be selfish with instead of being committed to Jesus Christ. But we're called to deny ourselves. Think about the story of the rich young ruler. The rich young ruler came to Jesus and he approaches Jesus and he wanted to make a commitment to Jesus to follow Jesus, 
but he wanted to keep all his possessions. It wasn't, I'll follow you and do this, or I want to keep this. Basically, he wanted his cake, he wanted to eat it too. I want to be a follower of Jesus, but I want to keep all my stuff. And if you think about it, in, Mark, uh, in Matthew 19, 21 through 22, Jesus actually says this. Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven and come follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. You see, the young man, he wanted his possessions, and he wanted Jesus. And ultimately, he chose his selfishness and chose his own possessions over being committed to Jesus. How many times do we do that? Jesus, you can have these nine things, but I'm going to hold on to this. This is mine. I got this. And so many times we do the same thing in our lives. We're going to commit, hey, Jesus, I'm going to follow you, but I don't know if I'm going to give you all of this. We're told to deny ourselves and give up our selfish ways. And when it, you, you know, we, I think it's something that we should, if you write in your Bibles, write it in your Bible. Write it next to the verses in your Bible. Take a note of it. Put it on your heart. Commitment and selfishness cannot coexist. Commitment and selfishness cannot coexist. We cannot be committed to Jesus Christ and be selfish at the same time. There is no way we can do both. We've got to either give up ourselves and what we want personally and be committed to him or not be committed to him at all. And it's a hard thing. I fail at this every day. I fail at this every day. And I know I do because I know me, I'm selfish. <laughs> I know it. <laughs> Hey, there are things in my life that I just want to do. I, I want to do, I want to ride my motorcycle every day. Rain it or not, I want to ride my motorcycle every day. I can't. Sometimes I get upset because I'll go three, four days without riding my motorcycle. I'll be upset. But of course, I've been busy doing stuff for the Lord in the meantime, but in my mind, I'm like, man, I wish I could go riding. I just want to go riding up the beach. Man, it's been a long time since I've ridden across country. I want to do this but I've got commitments that I've got to deal with and commitments that I've got to do for the Lord that I've got to put that selfishness aside. And I've got to stay focused on what God has called me to do. And it's not always easy doing what he calls you to do, but that's, you know, being uncomfortable, picking up our cross and following him should be uncomfortable. You know, we have to, we all have these selfish motives. We all have them. And we can't commit to anything outside of them selfish motives. We get so caught up on this is what I want to be committed on. And they actually govern the decisions that we make in our own lives. Our own selfishness can dictate what we do in our lives and who we become. And you think about this, many Christian marriages end because of this. You think about it when you, when you first got married. I am committed to you, Patty. See, I couldn't look this way and say that, sorry. <laughs> Patty, I'm committed to you, and, and it's not about me, it's, it's about us. And then we even say the vows, you know, to, to love each other, to, you know, in, in sickness and in health, for richer, for poorer, for all of this. It's, it's not about me, it's about us. And then time starts going in the marriage. Instead of it being about us, it becomes about me. Well, it's my desires. This is what I want. This is what I want. 
And inevitably, when things start going like that in a marriage, it ends up in a divorce. Now, for all you men, you know, I'll be the first one to say happy wife, happy life. Okay? But <laughs> it's not about the selfishness. And unfortunately, a lot of times inside, you see that inside the church. You'll get a new person come inside the church and they'll be so excited about, oh, I just love everything about this church. This is my perfect church. And then they're here for a little bit. Well, you know, I really wish they'd do this. Well, I really wish you would do this. Or maybe you should do this. And the selfish desires inside a person start to come up. And unfortunately, this actually would chart cost a lot of church splits throughout the years is you get people caught up in their own selfish desires and what they want instead of what the church wants that they'll actually cause a church to split and move in different directions because they'll go on their own selfish motives instead of going on what God's word calls the church and what God is calling the church to do which ultimately takes us to our second point following Jesus means denying ourselves and taking up our own crosses Following Jesus means denying ourselves and taking up our own crosses. Don't take up my cross, take up your own. And to take up our own cross, it requires us to deny ourselves, and it denies, requires us to deny the things that this world calls praiseworthy. The things that this world calls praiseworthy, we need to give up. And notice Jesus, uh, Mark didn't say that Jesus is going to force you to take up your cross. He will not force you to take it up. It must be your own decision. It's your choice to pick up your cross and follow him. The rich young ruler had a choice. Sell your possessions and follow me or go to your possessions. We all have a choice. And it's interesting, you know, through the years I've watched as different preachers will do altar calls and they'll only get a few people to come up to the altar call. And then they stay up here and they just continue calling and continue calling. And the music gets a little more intense. And I've actually seen it where they have staff from the church, once people stop coming up, will kind of move forward to kind of coax more people into coming up. Is that really someone coming up for a personal relationship? Or were they just being coaxed? Or was it just your mom or your dad said, oh, you need to go up front. Your mom and your dad can't make you carry the cross. Your best friend can't make you carry your cross. The only person who can make you deny yourself and carry the cross is you. With the prompting of the Holy Spirit. The only one who can do it is you. It's an individual thing. It's an individual cross and each one of us has our own cross that we need to bear. But it's unfortunate that a lot of times you will see that. And we need to think, a lot of times we'll look at picking up our cross, and like I talked last week, we think of that whole, oh, well, I'm being persecuted, I've got to pick up my cross. Well, I'm going to be martyred for picking up my cross. We live in America. The chances of that happening in the United States of America are pretty slim. However, I will tell you with the way society's going, you may want to ponder and think about it, because there could come a day where in the United States, you could actually get martyred or persecuted for your belief in what God's word says. So there could come a time. So you need to be prepared for it. Am I honestly going to pick up my cross and follow him and do whatever he calls me to do when I've got people persecuting me? 
There's a wake-up call. Are you really going to do what God's Word calls you to do and pick up your cross and follow Him and die for your faith? That's a serious question. Because most of us will sit here, oh yeah, I'll do it. Because you've never been persecuted for your faith. You've never had someone hold a sword to your throat, denounce it or do this. But it is something we have to think about. And although it may not happen here in the United States, we could get persecuted in other ways. But still understand, basically here in the U.S., picking up our cross is a daily thing. It's to daily sacrifices that we have to go through in our life. But we need to ponder the thought of what if we really need to stand on what God's Word says? Are you really going to stand on it or are you going to be selfish and denounce it? It's a hard thing to think about. It's a hard thing to think about. And it's, you know, I've been overseas. I know missionaries who have been overseas. And you look at their faith, it's a lot different than what we have in here in the world today. When they pick up their cross, they pick up their cross. They know they could die for their faith. And we need to have that same sense that we can die for our faith. Die for what Jesus called us to be. And it's an uncomfortable thing to think about. It's uncomfortable to think about denying ourselves and picking up our cross. But it's the center of our faith. And it's interesting, even in the book Uncomfortable, McCracken digs into what taking up our cross might actually look like. And he says it may require giving up our uh, autonomy, our consumer mindsets, our pride, our power, our cultural respectability, our health, our wealth, our comfort, and our selfish, self-seeking desires. That's a lot to give up. But that's what Jesus calls us to do. If we're going to focus on him and do what he calls us to do, this is what we should do. It should be uncomfortable. And Jesus doesn't say that we may have to take up our cross. He says that we must. So if we're going to be committed to follow Jesus Christ, we need to deny ourselves and pick up our cross each day. It's one step after the other. And so many times we miss it. We miss that next step. We miss the next step because we're so caught up in the me culture. You know, and in 1986, there were two brothers, Alan and Eric Barnhart. They started a crane and rigging company. And you can actually look it up today. It's still out there. It's called Barnhart Crane and Rigging. And when they started this company, they viewed the company as God's company. And they said, this company is going to be all about God and what God called us to do. And what they did is they said, what we're going to do is a salary is we're going to take the medium income salary in our hometown of Memphis. And they did this back in 1986. And their thought was, any money we make, we can give all of this extra money to help advance the kingdom of God. We can give it to the work of God, you know, donate it to churches and organizations, and we can do all this to help grow the kingdom of God. The company is now a multi-million dollar company. Their pay has only increased along with the average cost of living raises for medium families in this town of Memphis since 1986. But yet they have done given millions to help what God calls them to do. They picked up their cross and they said, God, you're going to give us this company. We're going to give everything back to you. We're going to take just what we need to live off, medium income family, and that would be folly. You think about that in the world today. You could have a multi-million dollar business, 
have drive your Maserati, live in a mansion on the beach, do all of this stuff. They took the medium income family in Memphis and said, that's all we're going to take and we're going to give the rest to God. Praise God for that. And if you go online and look at it, they'll still say it today, it's all about God. This is God's company. It is not our company. It may be named after them, but the company belongs to God. What areas in our lives do we need to be willing to make sacrifices for or to set aside? What do we need to set aside? What comforts or selfish desires are we holding on to tightly? What are we holding on to too tightly in our lives that we can't pick up our cross and follow him? We've all got something. We're all holding on to something way too tight in this world. And everything in this world is going to perish. Everything in this world is going to be gone. We're not taking it with us, so why are we holding it so tightly? What you're holding tightly could make the difference in eternity. Could make the difference on where you spend eternity. Because remember, I think it's the hardest words to hear in the Bible. But Lord, I did this in all your name. Depart from me, I do not know you. Because there's a lot of people, I'm doing this for the Lord. And it's more for their own selfish desires. For their own praise within the world. Look at what I did. And at the very end, time for eternity, they're going to hear, depart from me, I do not know you. And that is a scary thing. We do need to understand one thing that Jesus provides us with the ultimate example, which takes us to our third point. Jesus provides us with the example of what to do. His disciples didn't understand it yet, but when Jesus warned of the cost of the discipleship, he was going to the cross. He was getting ready to literally pick up his own cross and go and be crucified. Jesus is saying that to truly follow him means to pick up your cross Deny our comfort, deny our personal comfort, deny our safety, deny our power or our wealth. And understand, Jesus isn't going to have us do something he hasn't done for himself. 1 Peter 4.13 actually says, But rejoice to the extent that you partake of Christ's suffering, that when his glory is revealed, you may also be glad with exceeding joy. When we take up our cross, we're never alone. We're never alone. Jesus has picked up his cross and he says, follow me. He will be there with us. You know, there was a 19th, in the 19th century in Belgium, there was a priest called uh, Father Damien. And, and Father Damien left Belgium and went to Hawaii to the island of Molokai. And on the island of Molokai, there was some lepers who were actually put there, you know, taken away, put in exile, you know, brought away from everybody else. Um, and Father Damien went to the island to provide not only physical, but spiritual help to these lepers. And over time, while he was there with them, he actually caught the same disease that they had. And he was given the chance to go back stateside and actually get help so that he could end up surviving. And he turned down the help so that he could stay there with the lepers. He made an ultimate sacrifice, picked up his cross to help others, ended up catching the disease and dying from the same thing they were dying from. He could have been physically saved here on earth and he decided, no, this is what God called me to do. Jesus Christ did that same thing for us. 
Jesus Christ left he heaven willingly to become a man and enter into our sufferings and die on a cross for us. He did it willingly. And in McCracken actually says this in his book, Uncomfortable. Want to follow Jesus? Join him at the cross. To be a follower of Christ is to join his journey of abandoning comfort and enduring suffering, a journey that is foolishness in the eyes of the world. Foolishness in the eyes of the world. So when we talk about the cross, he's not talking about this cute gold cross. He's not talking about this ornamental cross that we might have. He's talking about the cross that Jesus carried on his way to Calvary. He's talking about the cross that Jesus died on. That's the cross they're talking about. And Jesus isn't asking us to do something that he hasn't already done. He carried his cross to Calvary and was nailed to that cross and died for us. We should be willing to pick up our cross and die for him each day. All of us know John 3.16. For God so loved the world that he gave his only, one and only son that whoever believes in him shall not perish, but have eternal life. That's love. That right there is love. Our cross-bearing should be that kind of love. That love that God calls us, that our first commandment, that we should love God. We should love God because he sent his own son for us. We should also love our neighbor just as we're called to do. These are the first and second greatest commands, and Jesus says that all the law of the prophets hang on those two commandments. Jesus loved us so much that he went to a cross. Picked up his cross, carried it, was nailed to it, and died. And we hold on to things too tightly. We hold way too tightly to things. You know, we should follow the only one who can get us to our final destination and get us to show that love. Get us to where he wants us to be. You think about when we talk, when Jesus talks about follow me, a real practical way to think about this. If you go into a restaurant, you don't normally met by a host or a hostess, correct? They're at the, and then they kind of check their seating schedule, ask how many people you got. And then what do they do, they pick up menus and what do they say, follow me. So as you're following that host or hostess through the restaurant, <clears throat> as you're going through, if a waitress goes by and you turn and start following the waitress, you're not going to get to your destination. You're going to end up at someone else's destination. Well, maybe as you're walking, all of a sudden a busboy goes by, so you start following the busboy over here. Well, you're going to get to a dirty destination, probably a table that hasn't been cleared and sanitized. Well, you're going to end up back in the dish pit in the back. The only person in the restaurant who's going to get you to your final destination is the host or the hostess. The only person who's going to get you to the destination that God has called you to is Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. So we need to make sure we're following the right thing, that we're following him and not following ourselves. See, I know my flesh. My flesh can lead me someplace. It can lead me to a destination that's not the destination that God's calling me to. Other people can lead me to a destination that God's not calling me to. My own selfishness can definitely lead me someplace that God's not calling me to. And C.S. Lewis says it like this. Give up yourself and you will find yourself. Lose your life and you will save it. Look for yourself and you will find in the long run only hatred, loneliness, despair, rage, ruin, and decay. 
but look for Christ and you will find him and with him everything else thrown in. See, the only way we can deny ourselves is take up our cross by remembering that we're not alone. We're not alone in this and that Jesus has entered into this discomfort and was victorious through it. And because of Jesus' victory through it, we can also have victory to it. You know, and if we're honest, you know, these truths that we looked at today, they're difficult to accept. It's difficult to accept that we don't pick up our cross daily, that we don't deny ourselves to follow him. We want to make this commitment to Jesus Christ, but we don't want to do the rest. Well, we've been made this commitment so long ago that, well, it's someone else's turn. As long as you're breathing, God's not done with you. God's not done with you as long as you're breathing. And we need to stop holding on to things way too tightly. You know, and, and we can find comfort that knowing as we walk our road to Calvary, that Jesus is right there with us. And we need to see the cross for exactly what it is. The cross is a place that's uncomfortable. There's uncomfortableness that comes from the cross. And we've made it way too comfortable in our lives. And you know, if you're sitting here saying, well, you know, I, I want to make that commitment to Jesus, but I don't know how, and I don't know what I'm going to do. If you want to make that commitment to Jesus and truly pick up your cross and follow him, during this final song, I invite you to come on up here. I'll be off to the side. You can come and see me. Because God's word says we're all sinners and we all fall short of the glory of God. But yet God showed his love for us that while we were still sinners, Christ died for us. And if we confess with our mouth that Jesus is Lord and believe in our hearts that God raised him from the dead, you will be saved. So you can come up and you can make that commitment today. Be committed. I want to follow Jesus for who he is. And then start working on that denying yourself picking up your cross and following him. That all comes after the initial commitment. And if you've committed to Christ a long time ago and maybe you stopped picking up your cross, maybe you need to pick that cross back up. Maybe you need to look deep inside of yourself and get uncomfortable with where you've become or what you have become. See, we tend to want comfort. We tend to want to be comfortable in everything that we do. Jesus calls us to be uncomfortable. Following Jesus in today's world should be uncomfortable. Because trust me, out there, they don't want to hear about it. They need to hear about it. They need to know who Jesus is. But that's not what they want to hear. It's all inward. It's about me, 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 me. And it should all be about him, 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 him. And maybe someone here, you just need to say, you know what? I haven't been picking up my cross and I've been selfish. I'm holding on to this way too tightly. I need to let it go. I need to let this go and do what Jesus calls me to do. And I need to love the way Jesus calls me to love. I need to pick up my cross. And I need to sacrificially live my life for him each and every day. You can come up here and just pray at the altar. You can stay in your seat and pray. But if you haven't made that choice to accept Jesus Christ, I encourage you to come up front. I'm not going to drag it out. I'm just going to encourage you to come up front if the Holy Spirit prompts you. If not, there's always another day. Hopefully. 
hopefully there's always another day. There's never more better time than the present. So Heavenly Father, I raise up this congregation to you. Lord, that we will ultimately make that commitment to you, to follow you. And through following you, we know that we need to deny ourselves. We need to pick up our cross. And not the pretty cross that we've made it in America, but the cross that you carried to Calvary. The cross that you were nailed to and died upon, Lord. That is the center of our faith. And may we never forget that. May our focus remain on you instead of us. Help us to release whatever it is we're trying to hold on to that we can just hold on to you through it all. And Lord, we love you. We honor you. We praise you, Lord. And we make this prayer in the precious name of Jesus. Amen.